Greetings, family, and welcome to another service at Graceway. Before I share my message today, I just want to make this announcement that we are starting from tomorrow. We are fasting and praying for God to restore peace in our country and the countries that neighbors. My message today is titled, You Shall Recover all and more. It's a prophetic message. I am declaring over your life, I'm prophesying over your life, that not by might, nor by your power, but by the Spirit of God, you shall recover it all and more. Take someone and say to them, you shall recover all and more. What is to recover? To recover is to bring back. It is to restore to a normal state, condition, or position. And this could relate to health, mind, or strength, or any other matter. To recover is to find or regain possession of something stolen or lost. It is to find or regain Possession of something stolen or lost. This morning, I am prophesying over your life that you shall recover all and more of what has been stolen from you, of what has been taken away from you, of what has been snatched from you. Not by might, nor by power, but by the Spirit of the living God. You shall recover all and more than that which has been stolen, which has been snatched, which has been taken away from you. I don't know what you've lost. I don't know what has been stolen from you. I don't know what has been snatched from you, but I'm prophesying. I am declaring over your life that you shall recover all and more of what has been stolen, what has been taken away from you, what has been snatched from you. Maybe it is time that has been stolen from you. Maybe your clock stopped in the beginning of 2020 when COVID hit our shores and your life came to a standstill. You feel like your life has come to a standstill. Hours, time have been taken away from you. Maybe you have lost something in the area of a job. Maybe it is in the area of your health. Maybe it is in the area of something that is not tangible. Maybe joy, maybe peace, maybe hope has been taken away from you. Maybe you've lost hope for your life. Maybe you've stopped dreaming. Your dreams have been stolen away from you. You've stopped 
desiring to leave because you've lost your hope. Something has been taken away from you. Maybe you've lost an opportunity. An opportunity was snatched from you. It could be a business opportunity. Maybe you've had to close your business. You've had to close shop because of COVID. Something that you cherish. Something that you are trusting in. Something that you are hoping will be a stream of income has been taken away from you and this message is for you. Maybe you've made an incorrect decision and as a result of the decision that you've made you've lost something. You've lost an opportunity. You've lost a stream of income. You've lost a relationship. This message is for you. I am declaring over your life. It could be in the area of your finances. I am declaring this morning that you shall recover it all and more. Give God a praise. You shall recover it all. It's not that it's probable. It's not that perhaps. It's not that you will or it is likely. But I'm saying to you, you shall recover it all and more. You shall surely recover it. You shall certainly recover it. Without fail, you will recover it. Let's go to the word of God. I am prophesying over your life that whatever you've lost, you shall recover it. Whether it's time, whether it's money, whether it's opportunity, whether it's health, whatever it is, whether tangible or intangible, you shall shall recover it all and more. Our story is found in the book of Samuel. And just to give a bit of background to the story, it's a story about David who has been anointed king while King Saul is on the throne. And sometime later, while David is still not king and Saul is king, Saul begins to hunt David, he wants to kill him. Much, much later, David goes to the camp of the Philistine and says to himself and the men that were accompanying him, the men that he was commanding and their children, he gets to the Philistine camp with the view that if I camp here, if I stay among the Philistines, Saul will stop hunting me. Saul will stop coming after me because I'm now in the camp of the enemy. He fears the enemy, therefore Saul will not come for me among the Philistines. And the king of the Philistine, Achish, gives David and his men a city to live in, and that city is Ziglag. And they stay in the city. The Bible says they were in this city for over a year. So they've made this city their home. They've made this city a place of safety. This is a place where they come to for rest. This is a place where they come to to recharge. The Bible says they would invade other nations and destroy and kill and whatever 
plunder that they got, they would bring back here to their place of safety. Now it so happens, and we pick up the story from 1 Samuel chapter 30, verse 1. The Bible says, Now it happened when David and his men came to Ziglag on the third day that the Amalekites had invaded the south and Ziglag, attacked Ziglag, and burnt it with fire and had taken captive the women and those who were there from small to great they did not kill anyone but carried them away and went their way so david and his men came to the city and there it was burnt with fire and their wives, their sons, and their daughters had been taken captive. Then David and the people who were with him lifted up their voices and wept until they had no more power to weep. Glory to God. Here is a situation. David and his men are coming back home. They are coming back to a place of rest. And instead of being welcomed by children that are running to welcome them and noises of children playing and cows moving around, what they see from a distance is smoke. And when they get to their city, the city is burnt to the ground. There is no child running to welcome them. There is no mother stepping out and saying, Welcome home, husband. And here they are. They find themselves, instead of coming to a place of rest, they come to a place of ruin, a place that has been torched, a place that has been invaded. There is no one here. Everyone has been taken away. And these men, warriors, begin to weep, begin to weep. And they weep until they have no strength, they have no power to weep anymore. Maybe that is you, child of God. You may not have wept, but you experienced pain because of a great loss. An opportunity was taken away from you. Your joy was taken away from you. Your health was taken away from you. Your dream was taken away from you. Something that you cherish was taken away from you. Your business was taken away from you. I'm talking about people that have had to sell things so that they can make ends meet. Something has been taken away from you. You may not have wept, but it pained you when you came to a situation and found that something has been taken away from you. Or as a result of something, something is taken away from you. I'm speaking to you. Maybe you are one of those. I am here to prophesy to you this morning that you shall recover all that which has been stolen from you and more. You shall recover all that has been taken away from you and more. You shall recover all that has been snatched from you and more. If we then read the Bible further, after David and his men have cried, they've wept until they can weep no more. The Bible says... David then inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I pursue this troop? Shall I overtake them? And the Lord answered him, Pursue, for you shall surely overtake them, and without fail recover all. The Lord said to David, 
pursue for you shall surely overtake them not only shall you overtake them but without fail you shall recover all i'm declaring to someone this day that you shall recover i'm prophesying over your life that you shall without fail recover all that has been taken away from you the lord turned to david here and said pursue for you shall surely overtake them and without fail recover not some but all this is your word claim it for yourself grab it you shall recover it all glory to jesus if you then read further towards the end after david and his men had destroyed their enemy when you get to verse 18 glory to jesus and i'm declaring this over your life david got back everything the amalekites had taken you are going to get back everything the enemy has taken away from you and it continues to say he rescued his two wives nothing was missing small or great i'm declaring over your life i'm prophesying over your life that nothing will be missing when you recover great or small everything that has been taken away from you you will recover it you will recover it in jesus name i speak the blood of jesus over it in jesus name i speak it over your life you will recover everything that has been taken away from you nothing 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 shall be missing in jesus most precious name the bible continues to say david brought back everything he also recovered all the flocks and herds and his men drove them ahead of the other livestock glory to jesus so david not only got what had been stolen from him but he got more that is why the bible continues to say and other livestock so he recovered more than what he had lost what him and his men had lost the bible says this plunder belongs to david they said this plunder so it was not just only the things that david had lost but the plunder of the Malachite, the plunder of the enemy, David, got that. If you read earlier, the Bible says the Amalekite first invaded the land of Judah, then came to the land of the Philistine. And as they were coming, they were destroying, they were taking, they were grabbing things and bringing them here. The Bible, in actual fact, says when David arrived, there was a party going on because the Amalekites were in joy because of the vast amount of plunder they had brought back. So when David attacks them, not only does he receive, not only does he get back what was stolen from him, but he also receives much, much more. The plunder of his own people in the land of Judah, the plunder of the Philistines, also the possession of the Amalekites because the 400 that survived ran for their lives on camel, left everything and David and his men came and took everything. It was so much that David and his men took some of the plunder and gave it to the elders of Judah. That's just an indication of how large, how great the plunder that they got 
it was of a large amount that they could share among themselves and take some to the people of Judah. I'm declaring over your life that when you recover, when you get back, it shall not be all, but it shall be more. Your bonds will not be able to handle it. You'll be giving it away to other people to say, have this, have that, have my joy, have my peace, have my hell, have this. Glory to Jesus. I'm declaring over your life that you shall recover it all and more. Receive it in Jesus' name. Glory to you, Lord of Lords. Glory to you, my Redeemer. Glory to you, King of Kings. I am saying to you, child of God, you shall recover it all. Let me just stop here for a moment and begin to look at what lessons can we learn from what David did here. What lessons can we learn to make sure that when the word has been spoken, we recover it all. When we've experienced a loss, how can you make sure that we recover it all? I'm going to give you five points and then I'm closing. Glory to you, King of Kings. Glory to you, Lord of Lords. The first one I want to say to you, David did not blame anyone, no complain. David did not blame anyone nor complain for what had happened. The Bible says the 600 men, after weeping with David, after experiencing the same pain that David experienced, after crying with David until they had no strength to cry, turned around and were thinking, of stoning David because I want to believe that they were blaming David for what had just happened. They were blaming David for what had just happened. Here is the interesting part here. Two-thirds of the men that wanted to stone David are men that David found who had no hope. Are men that David found who had given up on life, are men who were so heavily indebted that no one wanted to touch them. And David allowed them to join him. And they joined him. He trained them. He groomed them. And as David attacked a nation, they would take the plunder and bring it with them. And these men eventually got out of debt. But these men today forget where David brought them from. Today see a situation and want to blame David for it. And as a result, they want to kill him. Let me say to someone, you know, people are quick to forget what you've done for them. In the Bible, we see many times people forgetting what God has done for them. In the Bible, we see many times people forgetting what Jesus has done for them. So even today, if you do good, people will forget the good that you've done for them. I want to encourage someone who may be experiencing that, 
who may have experienced that where you've poured out your life to someone and you've helped them, but now they turn around, especially if you are someone in leadership, and they turn around now and they forget where you brought them from. They forget where they come from and they turn around and they want to stone you. I want to say to you, as in the book of Colossians chapter 3, verse 23, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as though you were working for the Lord and not for people. I'm saying to you, find strength in that what you are doing, you are helping the person, but it's not for them. It is for God. Do it as if unto God. Don't worry whether they come back and want to stone you. In heaven, your good deeds are recorded. The Bible in Galatians 6 verse 9 says, Let us not become weary in doing good. Don't get tired of doing good. People may want to come back to want to stone you. Don't get weary in doing good. For at the proper time, at the right time, you will be rewarded. You will reap harvest. For if you do not give up, if you do not give up, you will reap a harvest. You will be rewarded. Glory to you, God. I'm encouraging you, child of God. David here did not complain. David here had an opportunity to complain to God and say, God, what happened here, God? You had anointed me to be king, but here I find myself in Ziegler. Here I find myself in a country where I don't belong. You anointed me. These people have helped them. Where are you, God? They've turned around and want to stone me. Why me, God? I'm saying to you, child of God, whatever you've lost, whatever has been stolen from you, whatever has been taken away from you, refrain from blaming someone. Refrain from complaining to God. Instead you can uh, show your feelings, express your hurt to God, but don't complain to God. Don't complain to God. You never know. What you are seeing is better than what could have happened had God's invisible hand not been there. David and his men, when they arrived and were looking at their city, there were no bodies. There were no dead bodies. There were no burnt bodies. There was no blood. But the hand of God came and covered them and allowed the enemy to take them captive, intact. If you read the Bible a few chapters earlier, David and his men had actually attacked one camp of the Amalekites. And they killed everyone that was there. No one was allowed to leave. And they took their clothes. They took their livestock. They took everything. And I have no doubt that this other camp of Amalekites heard that David and his men killed everyone, child, wife, mother, and took everything. But they come here, they raise no hand at the wives and children of David and the soldiers. They carry them away. The hand of God, the grace of God, stopped 
something that could have been worse. So when you are complaining, there is no appreciation that, Lord, it could have been worse. I could have come here and found bodies. The fact that I'm alive and hearing your word, I may have lost it, but Lord, it could have been worse. I thank you for your invisible hand that came in and intervened. Glory to God. I said to you, the first one, David did not blame anyone, nor complain. Number two, David strengthened himself in the Lord. David strengthened himself in the Lord. David has not blamed anyone. Do you know when you don't blame someone, you take responsibility and it empowers you to take action. David said, I am done with crying. I am done with the pity party. I am done with screaming. It's time I did something. And he got up and said to himself, crying, weeping will not bring back my family. The Bible says he strengthened himself in the Lord. He was saying to himself, I cannot be strengthened by these people. I am going to rise. I'm going to stand up and strengthen myself. Child of God, I'm saying to you, there'll come a situation, there'll come a time in your life where you've wept, where you've been in pain, and it's time you got out of the pity party and strengthened yourself in the Lord. Not your spouse will strengthen you. Not your pastor will strengthen you. Not your grandfather will strengthen you. But only you can strengthen yourself in the Lord. So David, the Bible says, he strengthened, other version says, he encouraged himself in the Lord. Now the Bible does not tell us how David encouraged himself in the Lord. It is not very clear how David encouraged himself in the Lord. But we can deduce from a lot of his songs that he wrote. You can deduce from the life that he lived that David in strengthening himself must have done a few things. And I'm just going to take a detour to help you because child of God, if you are going to recover, if you are going to pursue and overtake and recover, you need to stop complaining. You need not to blame other people. Secondly, you need to strengthen yourself in the Lord. And how do you strengthen yourself in the Lord? Number one, what did David do? David put his hope in God. In one of his songs, he says in Psalm 42 verse 5, he says, why am I discouraged? Why is my heart so sad? I will put my hope in God. I will praise him again, my Savior. I will praise him again. I will praise him again. I will put my hope in you. My heart, uh, why am I discouraged? Why am I in pain? No, I refuse. I will put my hope in God. Other version says, I will keep 
hoping and waiting on God. I will keep hoping and waiting in God. That's how he strengthened himself. He got up and said, it's time I praise my creator. It's time I put my hope in him. I'm saying to you, child of God, step out, snap out of their pity party and start strengthening yourself in the Lord. Start praising God. Start putting your hope in God so that you may recover that which has been lost. Maybe you've lost time. A year and a bit has disappeared. You cannot account for it. It's like you are at a standstill. Stop complaining. Stop blaming. But strengthen yourself in the Lord and praise Him. Strengthen yourself in the Lord. Put your hope in God. Say, God, yes, I've been in COVID. It could have been worse. My hope is in you. I will praise you for your goodness. Maybe you've lost joy. Maybe you've lost peace. But I'm saying to you, put your hope on God and start praising him. Start praising him for his goodness. I want to believe that that's one of the things that David did in strengthening himself. You have lost the desire to live. You've lost your dreams. Your dreams have been stolen away. Your dreams have been taken away. Your dreams have been extinguished. They are not there anymore. Your passion is gone. Your passion has been stolen. I'm saying to you, start trusting in God. Start praising God and lifting up his name. God, you are so mighty. God, I thank you for your goodness. God, I thank you for who you are. King of glory, you reign, you reign, you reign. Start praising him. And as you praise him, child of God, when you praise God, you are entering his throne. When you praise God, you come to his place of dwelling. When you praise God, God starts to do works for you. Praise him and give glory to him. I'm saying to you, child of God, when you start praising God, God begins to make things happen for you. God begins to share that share is someone. That is why for David, when 200 of the men could not go beyond the valley, beyond the brook. David did not complain. David did not get worried. David did not panic because his trust, his hope was on God and not on the 600 men that he had. So when he ended up crossing the valley with only 400 men, it did not worry him because the Lord had declared that you shall surely overtake them and you shall definitely without fail recover it all. So the word of God, despite what he was seeing around him, man exhausted, he stuck, he trusted, his hope was on God. That is why one time David says, some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we trust in the name of the Lord our God. We trust in the name of our God. Glory to you, God. Number two, how does David strengthen himself in the Lord? Number two, David strengthened himself in the Lord by remembering the good deeds that the Lord had done.
done for him. In one of his Psalms, Psalm 9, verse 1 says, I will praise you, Lord, with all my heart. I will tell of all the marvelous things you have done. Glory to God. I will praise you, Lord. Again, I will praise you, Lord. I will tell of all the marvelous things you have done. I'm not here to complain about what you haven't done. I am here to count my blessings. I am here to praise you, King of glory. I am here to tell about the marvelous deeds, the great things that I've seen you do in my life. And in that way, he strengthened himself in the Lord. That is why in his younger life, when he came to the camp, when Goliath was intimidating the Israelites, and he says to those who are around him, including his brother, who I want to take this guy down, and he's eventually taken to King Saul, and Saul discourages him and says, you are too young, you've never been to war, etc. And David, in that situation, remembers what the Lord has done. And he tells Saul, you don't understand my God. You don't understand the one that I worship. You don't understand the one that I submit to. He delivers me from the enemy. He brings the lions into my hands. He delivers them into my hands. He brings the bear into my hands. He delivers them into my hands. This Goliath that you are seeing here, that you are so afraid of, even with your armor. I'm not going in there with your armor. I am trusting in the Lord. I am going in there in the mighty name of the Lord because God is going to do it again for me. And that is how David often encouraged himself. That is how David always found strength. That is why even when he lost his son that he conceived through Bathsheba, he did not spend much time. After he had the news that his son was dead, he got up, cleaned himself up, and went and worshipped God because his trust was in God, not in what God had blessed him with. Let me say to you, child of God, Count your blessing, snap out of the pity party and pursue the things that you have lost. Strengthen yourself in the Lord and pursue the things that you have lost. Pursue your dreams, pursue your passion, pursue the things, the joy that you've lost. Pursue the relationship that you've lost. Pursue the health that you've lost. Pursue whatever it is that you've lost. Pursue the business idea that you've lost. Pursue the studies that you thought you were going to do but never got to do because the money that you had for that was taken away to do something else. Pursue it child of God. Oh, get out of your pity party. I've now left strengthening himself in the Lord. How did he strengthen himself in the Lord? He praised the Lord. His hope was in God. Number two, how did he do it? He remembered all the good things. Count your blessings, child of God. Don't count the things that you don't have, but count what you have. Count the blessing. Number three, in terms of lessons, he sought God to bless his plan. He sought God to bless his plans. Here is an interesting thing for me. After David had strengthened himself, he's wept, 
They want to stone him. He then encourages himself in the Lord. And after that, he calls the priest to bring the effort. And the priest comes. And when the scene is set, he approaches God and says, God, shall I pursue them? Will I overtake them? So David comes to God, not with his hands in the air, not knowing what to do. He comes to God and says, God, this is the plan that I have. Please bless it. Shall I pursue them? Shall I overtake them? And God says, pursue them or you will overtake them. And God adds something and he says to him, you'll recover everything. David came to God and said, God, here's my plan. Shall I pursue them? Do you approve that I pursue them? Do you think I will overtake them? And God says, pursue. The Bible says in Proverbs, Proverbs chapter 3, verse 6, remember the Lord in everything you do and he will show you the right way. Remember the Lord in everything you do and the Lord will show you the right way. Having presented the plan to God, God puts an Egyptian on the other side of the valley and that Egyptian is the one that shows them the quickest way to get to the Amalekites, the quickest way to get to where the enemy is. God, when you bring your plans to God, he will make sure that your plans succeed. Another verse, Proverbs 16 verse 3 says, commit your actions to the Lord and your plans will succeed. This is what David did. I'm saying to you, child of God, don't just come to God with your hands in the air saying, Father, I don't know what to do. Ask the Holy Spirit to help you. What should I present to God? What is my plan? What do I desire to happen here? And you come to God and commit your actions to God and God will make sure that your plans succeed. In all you do remember the Lord so that God can show you the right way. As you step out as you pursue, bring your plans to God. God, this is the business that I lost. This is the relationship that I lost. I want to pursue it in this way. Is this the right way? Please bless this plan, Lord. If it is not, let me know. Lead me the right way, King of glory. Because not by own might, not by my might, nor by my power, but by your Holy Spirit shall I recover it all and more. Hallelujah. That was number three. David sought God to bless his plan. Number four, David did not procrastinate. David did not procrastinate. He did not come up with excuses to say, oh, I've heard the Lord say, you know, I will recover it all. Let me just chill here for a few days. Let me just wait here. Although David was tired, he had come a long way. And when he got the command from God, when he got the confirmation from God, he did not say, let's just rest here for another day. He took onto his heels. He pursued. He pursued. He got up. He could have come up with many excuses to say, let us rest. Today is not the best of days. Let us wait for tomorrow or maybe next week. The Bible says he got up. He did not wait 
for the right day. He did not wait for the right moment. But as soon as he heard the word of God, he took the journey in pursuit of what he had lost. That is why when you read further, he gets to the brook and 200 of his men are exhausted and cannot continue because they are tired from the long walk from wherever they were, where they parted with the Philistines to coming back to Ziglag. And now they are proceeding to recover what has been lost. They get there. They have no strength. They are exhausted. But the Bible says David and 400 of the men continued. So David did not wait and rest and say, no, we can do this next month. God has assured us. No, 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 no. He pursued. He did not procrastinate. He got up and acted. I'm saying to you, child of God, this is a word for someone. Stop procrastinating if you're wanting to recover all that has been taken away. Take, having presented your plan to God, begin to take the first step. A journey starts with the first step. No matter how long the journey may look like, no matter how high the mountain may look like, like in Zerubbabel's case, God said, not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit. Whatever you see as a mountain, Zerubbabel, I shall flatten it. And God is saying to you, take action. Act now. Don't procrastinate. He who waits for the right moment never sows. And he who waits for the right time never harvests. Child of God, stop procrastinating and go for what has been taken away from you. Pursue it. Pursue it. Lastly, also linked to the one that I shared earlier on. David did not give up. David did not give up. If you read First Samuel verse 10, this is where the 200 men are exhausted and cannot proceed. The Bible in verse 10 says, 200 of them were too exhausted to cross the valley. But David and the other 400 continued the pursuit. I'm saying to you, maybe you are tired. Maybe you are exhausted. Maybe you feel like giving up because the journey has been painful. It's been exhausting. I'm saying to you, if you desire to recover Everything that has been taken away from you, don't give up, don't give in, don't hang in the towel, but continue the pursuit. Just because 200 men have stopped, David does not say, let us all stop. No, 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 no. I heard the word from God, and God declared on my life that I shall recover it all. I'm declaring over your life that you shall recover it all. Therefore, don't give up. Continue the pursuit. Glory to you, Jesus. Glory to you, King of Kings. In the Bible, it says that if a thief is caught, he must pay back seven times what he has taken. I'm saying to you, what has been taken away from you, you will recover much more. Seven times. Seven times and more. I am prophesying over your life that whatever has been taken away from you, you will 
recover it all. What must you do? Number one, do not blame or complain. Number two, strengthen yourself in the Lord. And how do you strengthen yourself in the Lord? By hoping in God, by keeping your hope in God and praising Him. By remembering the good deeds that the Lord has done for you. Number three, you present your plans to God. You don't forget God, in whatever you do, Lord, I desire to pursue. Is that the right thing? Number four, don't procrastinate. Don't procrastinate. Number five, lastly, don't give up. In Jesus' name, I declare. In Jesus' name, I prophesy that whatever has been taken away from you, whatever has been snatched away from you, whatever has been stolen from you, the devil comes to kill, steal, and destroy. But Jesus came so that we can have life. Child of God, God is a giver. God is a giver of increase. God is a giver of spiritual gifts. God is a giver of peace. God is a giver of increase. God is a giver of everything. God is a giver of our needs. God is a giver of our supplies. God is a giver of everything. That is why the Bible says, He so loved the world that He gave. Child of God, God is a giver. He gave His only begotten Son so that whoever would believe in Him would not perish but have eternal life. I'm saying to you, eternal life your destiny. I'm saying to you, God came through Jesus Christ so that you may have life and life in abundance because God not only restores what has been taken away, but he adds more to what has been taken away. Glory to you, Jesus. Father, we give you all the glory, we give you all the thanks in Jesus' most wonderful name. We thank you. Father, I pray that, Father, whoever has heard this message, and this message resonates with them. Father, it is my prayer that may this word settle on fertile soil. May this word not settle on the pathway where it is stolen by the devil. May this word not settle anywhere else. But may this word settle on fertile soil so that it may multiply a thousandfold, a hundredfold, multiplefold. We thank you, God. We give all the glory. We really lift up your name today. Father, people are recovering. I'm declaring people are recovering. People are taking back what has been stolen. People are pursuing what has been stolen. And they are overtaking those that have taken stuff from them. People are repossessing. People are being restored. People's positions are being restored. People's things that have been lost are being restored. Peace, joy, love, peace, health is being restored in Jesus' most precious name. Lastly, I do not want to close this service without inviting someone who has not made Jesus Lord over their lives. I want to extend this opportunity to you to make Jesus Lord over your life so that you may receive eternal life, so that you may not perish, but though you die, you will rise and be with the Lord forever in eternity. This is your opportunity to make a decision. 
And once you've made this decision, say this prayer with me. Heavenly Father, I come to you as a sinner. I ask that you forgive me of my sins. Today, I accept Jesus as my Lord and Savior. My sins are forgiven. I am a new creation. I am born again. The old is gone. I thank you, Jesus, for the miracle that you did on the cross. Today, I begin a journey as a child of God, and I will recover all that has been taken away from me. In Jesus' most precious name, amen. If you've made that prayer, the angels in heaven are rejoicing. The family, the body of Christ is also rejoicing. Please let us know that you've prayed this prayer with us.